Hello, and welcome to the Essentials Podcast. I'm Alden. And I'm John. And in this podcast, we talk about a lot of different things. We talk about our lives. We have guests on to talk about fun topics, dig into really what makes them tick, and uh, just get different perspectives on the world. Without further ado, uh, let's get into it. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome back. Oh, we're back. Another podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, exciting week for uh, you guys today. Me and John are sitting here alone in the apartment and uh, going to do a little recap on our weeks. So first of all, um, the main theme for this week is going to be resilience. Talk about our own experience of what it takes to um, to really overcome adversity in our lives uh, when it's res- appropriate to do so, when it's maybe not appropriate to do so. Kind of draw that into our experiences of the week. Um, and whatever else, whatever else... We want to talk about this week. Whatever comes up, we're exactly. just gonna we're just gonna sort of spitball for a little bit. Sounds good. So, uh, let's start out. Uh, John, do you want to tell us about the trip you had this week? Yeah, yeah. So this this week I had the uh, the chance to uh, fly out to Las Vegas, and uh, and then I from there I took a rental car and drove right to uh, Bryce Canyon National Park, um, and. I spent my first night, I just camped in the normal campgrounds. And then the next two days, I, uh, I took that time and I did some backcountry uh, hiking. So I had a backpack, a tent, a sleeping bag, and all my provisions all on my back. And uh, the, the entire trail was 47 miles. Um, I had planned to do 57 miles, but I, uh, I found out near the end that 47 was probably like pretty close to the max that I should be doing. Um, hitting really, really close to uh, parts where, part of my like physical state where there's just no real need to be going to. Um, oh. Bam, already into resilience. So a little backstory, this was last weekend? Yeah. yeah. Okay, and you're alone. Yes. Uh, is there anyone else on the trails? I saw one other person over that two day period. Uh, all for the entire 47 miles? Yeah. And so, out there alone, only the essentials, if you will. <laughs> oh, wow, well, nice little plug there. Um, and uh, you're a little bit injured even going into this trip. Is that right? A little bit. Um, so I, I go into this trip and I'm recovering. You could say recovering. I felt pretty recovered, if you ask me. Um, I had three stress fractures in my left foot and then my ankle on my right um, foot was, uh, was like a baseball sticking off of it. There's just a lot of swelling because I did like a pretty decent sprain on it the last Monday. Yeah. Um, so hold on. So this is what I'm trying to get the, the listeners to understand. Me living with you for the last year, I had more of an up close and personal view on your, uh, how much you, how far you go to like get something done or accomplish a goal and all that stuff. So for people to hike 47 miles is already impressive, but what a lot of people don't know is that you you specifically will just, like, do it on what most people would call a very, like, injured lower half, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I mean, I, I didn't find it very, like, I didn't feel very injured. I was uh, I was definitely, like, assessing the situation earlier in the week, and, and, and like, uh, so I left Friday, um, but Wednesday I, I, like, ran slash walked 20 miles just to, like, really test it out just to see how it would react. And uh, by by my standards, I passed that test, which is like saying, yeah, okay, I'm okay to do this hike. 
so you made it to 20 miles so that was your benchmark basically yeah which in hindsight um probably should have aimed higher um given that the first day on my hike i did 36 miles um and the next day i did like 12 miles or 11 miles What's the terrain like out there? I don't it, think I've been that far. So well, I went to Vegas earlier this year, but I was just in the city for a little bit and I went to see the Hoover Dam, which is awesome. But like what there's like what's the draw to that particular trail? So I wanted something that would be really challenging. Um, and so there's a bunch of factors that play into that. Um, on that entire trail, um, I had 5,400 feet of elevation change. Um, which is like a mile, just over a mile of elevation height difference. Um, so that's a lot. That's a lot to be moving up and down. Um, and it's a canyon. So you're going from butte to butte. So you're going up, then you're going back down to the next one, then you're going up the next butte. Um, and you're getting some really neat views in the valleys and stuff like that. Um, but also it's the middle of July. So then you're getting like 95 to 100 degree weather days, super dry, um, and so it's, there's just a lot of um, elements that play in. So you need to be bringing your own water, which is a lot of weight. Um, and then just be able to handle the heat with no shade because you're in desert area. No, yeah, no, sh- like if you're going up and down mountains, that's like no crevices anywhere. Yeah. Top to bottom. Holy crap. So and water too. So you brought one water bottle? What's the? No, so I brought, a, I had a, a Camelback, which is a gallon. Um, and... I was planning to filter water along the way. I talked extensively with a ranger beforehand, and they showed me a bunch of rivers and streams that I could stop at. But what they uh, they failed to tell me or realize is that all of those streams, except for two springs, um, had dried up. Um, so the first spring was five miles in, and then the other spring was uh, like four miles from the end of the trail. Oh, my God. So you, you had to stretch like... A gallon of water over like 40 miles? It, it was rough. It was, there's a, so I made a video actually. You could take a look at it. Um, any, any listeners can take a look at it. It's on YouTube. Uh, we'll put it in the links down below. Um, and uh, there's a point where I am, I'm like 13 miles without water. Um, and in the just insanely hot heat, um, I'm like finding trees and stuff to just kind of chill for a second just to like, try and catch my breath and stuff like that, lower my heart rate. Um, and I'm just dehydrated, and it, it was rough. Were you ever scared? I was never scared. I I don't know that, like, my personality really gets scared um, because I feel like I'm, I'm always aware of the consequences, and the consequences don't fit. They don't, like, scare me. I just uh, know they're coming or whatnot. So it doesn't scare me. I'm just more like, yeah, that's, that's going to suck. Uh-huh. Um, if I die, that's going to suck. Yeah. But there's like, but ultimately <laughs> like I'm going to try my best, but there's nothing I can do at the end. So what's the point of putting that energy into fear? Stuff okay, like that. Yeah, yeah. And you probably like activated your reptilian instincts. So like <laughs> not, you know, just, you know, not sweat and all that stuff. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Good call. Just clicked a few buttons here and there. And then we're, we're <laughs> <off. Pop-a-boop>. exactly. <laughs> that's crazy, dude. <laughs> It was oh, it was I rough. See that video. Yeah, yeah, I'll show it to you afterwards. Like time lapse and stuff, or yeah, it's it's like a it's like a fifteen minute video um, of the hike. I plan to do more, um, but let me tell you, bringing a camera along, even though you have it on you, um, it takes a lot of energy to set the camera down and then like. 
do your little thing, then walk back, grab the camera. And there's there's like a there's like twenty miles where I just had my camera stowed in my backpack and I was just like I'm not gonna look at my phone, which was my GPS at the time. I didn't have any service. Um, but it was it was where all my trails, maps and stuff like that were. Um, I, I just need to grind these miles out and I just need to just uh, really just get to the place where I need to go. Um, because there's a certain point when I'm on the trail where I'm like, this is uh, the, the this is just really hard. Um, and I really like getting to that place. I like finding my limits. And uh, that's the whole point of why I wanted to do this trail. Um, it's twofold um, because... Bryce Canyon is a place I've always like seen and heard of and I wanted to go because it's super picturesque and really neat. Um, and then also I wanted to do something that would really challenge me. Um, and doing it solo was also another challenge. Um, and, and I just felt really up, up for that challenge. And I'm, I'm on the other side now. Um, and I think I'm thinking back on it, not, not thinking it was any easier than it was because it's like, it was, it was really hard. Like I would, almost confidently say it's the hardest like physical thing I've ever done in my life. Like I, I was like at my breaking point at multiple points. Um, but I, I like, I like knowing that I like knowing where that is and how that feels and what I can learn from that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really rewarding in a bunch of ways. Do you know um, what your own personal definition of resilience would be? I'd have to think about that. Well, I'm. What What would yours be? Oh, whoa. Okay. Now the tables turn. Um, I would. I would put it in a similar category as grit. Like, yeah, um, I think those definitely go hand in hand. Like they're probably actually the same word, but synonyms are. Uh, so. I would say for me, I I I'd say I'm decently resilient. I'm not terribly. I, I don't know. I have. I personally have a trouble. Um, comparing myself to other people at times so that I'm like, I, I don't see the value of my own um, skills or accomplishments because I'm always just striving for something more. And I think a lot of people struggle with that, but that's something that particularly hounds me a little bit. So I would say resilience is um, keeping on, keeping on. And Jocko Willink is very much just, just do it. Screw motivation. Motivation is something that's like, it's, it's, it can be good, but it's, the feeling of motivation is not what drives you. It's like the, the hardness that you have to just complete your goals to whatever you have written down on that page. Just get it done. Just do it. Take action, take steps, all the psychological things that go along with that as well. Of like taking action strengthens your, your, you know, your want of finishing that thing. There's, uh, there's books on this stuff all over the place. Oh, there's it's there's awesome. so many books. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Resilience is in, in your case, uh, I, there's a breaking point to resilience. Like, so a little story time for me. Uh, yesterday, I messed up my MCL playing Ultimate Frisbee. You hear the little crinkle in the background? I do. Yes. Okay, yeah, that's uh, ice pack on my knee. Uh, ice pack is in uh, peas. A, a bunch of my vegetables, frozen yeah. veggies. You want it? Yeah. We can crack those open if we get hungry. You know? <laughs> no, it's on my knee. <laughs> I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> um, so this. So there's several types of resilience, in my opinion. There's resilience of character, resilience of, you know, um, uh, physical activity. Yeah. In this case where I've hurt my MCL, I'd, I went to the ER, and they don't know if it's a tear or anything. They took x-rays. It's not like a – it's not a 
I mean, an x-ray can't see, right. like, your tendon. They can't see like if that. the MCL is torn or not, but they know the bones and nothing's floating around in there based on bones and cartilage. They know that, but they don't know if it's torn yet, so I should get an MRI in a few days. So resilience of physical stuff, I can, I'm forced to rest. I, I cannot run on this thing. It feels too loose, and I cannot... You maybe you'd beg to differ, but I feel like as far as my body goes, my MCL has reached a point where I cannot go on physically. I can stay resilient by doing maybe crunches or, uh, you know, some things to work out the rest of my body, like sitting down in a chair and doing curls or whatever. If I want to keep working out, but as far as my legs go, I cannot be resilient. But I but I can be resilient in my character by having a good attitude, keeping. Uh, specifically keeping a good attitude about the situation, not getting down on myself and losing all other functions uh, of optimism and uh, even just finding other ways to work and provide and, and learn. I, I don't want to like take this time to just give up because that would also be, that would not be resilient. Um, so there's my little story. I mean, I think uh, what you mentioned saying that like you can't be physically <coughs> resilient right now, I would uh, maybe disagree with a little bit because you can look at it multiple ways um, by having enough like mental resilience um, to not work out, put in the time to actually let your leg heal. It takes like s- sort of physical resilience to be um, intentional about doing that. Um because if you don't do that, you could be taking steps back, which is sort of what uh, happened with me somewhat recently. I was, uh, I had like stress fractures in my foot. I had like two at the time. Um, and then I ended up like racing someone and we did like a four mile, four mile race. And like, I sort of knew I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, at the end of it, I mean, I did win, but of course, yeah. Play, play, uh, take his soul. Thank <laughs> you, David Goggins. <laughs> yeah, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I, uh, I ended up getting another stress fracture out of it just because, like, I was wanting the, like, short term, uh, reward outweighed the long term reward in, in that moment. Um, so I think there is a certain amount of resilience that is necessary to actually also be intentional about rest and recovery to, as well. To refrain. Exactly. Because so that's a little bit of a difference in our personalities. You tend, it seems, that you tend to like, uh, you tend toward working over resting, and I tend toward resting over working. So to me, it's a battle to remain resilient and working. And sometimes you're like, you're so deep into the work that you, it's, it's like, if I'm going to be resilient mentally, it means I have to stop working, or else I'm going to actually hurt myself. Yeah, no, that's fair. So it like, it, it's like it it presents itself at different times. Absolutely. That's fascinating. I like it. Yeah. Like, I wonder, I wonder what my, my breaking point is. Like I, that's something I don't really explore to you. That's like, that's what you're in all the time. But to me, it's like, I know that I'm going to rest and try to heal as much as possible. So my, my breaking point would be like, what would be the opposite of that? Like, like you're resting or your, your point of comfort. Yeah, I'm just, I, I don't know. What is that? Yeah, I have no idea. Point of, like, too much comfort. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to get out there and work. Oh, man. I was, uh, so the first night in uh, in Bryce Canyon, 
um, I'm, I'd go to this backcountry, um, high, like a camping site. All right. And it's just like a, it's like a dirt patch that's been made out for people to camp on there. Um, and then I set up camp and I am in rough shape because I had just found my first source of water for the day at like 6 PM. Um, and so I'm like really dehydrated and the water, I stayed at this place called iron Springs. Um, which is very accurate. It's a spring um, coming out of the side of a canyon, but it is so full of iron that it's like, it's mostly red water coming out. Um, completely like fine to drink if you purify it. And I had, a, I had a filter and everything like that. So doing it the right way. Um, but it was just, uh, you remember at like Whitmore Lake, um, those water fountains at Whitmore Lake, mm-hmm. it was like, it was like two times that. The oh. amount of iron in that water. Oh. Even <laughs> after the filter? Even after the filter. Oh, that hurt. It, it was rough. Like, yeah. But it was the greatest thing I had ever drank. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I literally, like, I, I almost, like, drank an entire gallon over the evening. Just, just replenishing because I was so thirsty. Because it's, like, it was, like, 95, 96 degrees um, the entire day. And I am, like, exerting myself. In perfect conditions, I would be, like, super thirsty, super tired. But, like, plus all of the altitude I'm going up and down and all the heat, I'm just, like, I'm, I'm just at my wit's end. Was it a little bit more than you calculated for? You know, I had thought about this. I'm, like, was this harder than I thought? And, uh, like, I knew what I was getting myself into. Um, like, I knew I was going to get to a point of, like, great discomfort. And I was excited for that. And I'm, I'm actually, like, I'm really happy I did get to that point. Um, so I don't know that it was harder than I thought because I, I really did know what I was getting myself into. Uh-huh. Um, I'm somewhat disappointed I didn't do the last 10 miles, but I think 47 is okay. I know what I need to do to uh, get back and get those extra 10 miles eventually. Oh, so you're going to do it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. Maybe next year or something like that. But I have a lot of trips that uh, I'm going to be doing beforehand. Um. So I, I'm, I'm in this tent at night. Um, I don't have my rain fly on because there's no point. It's not going to rain. So I can see all the stars, um, which is really cool. Um, I was so tired that I didn't feel like taking photos of the stars, which is a bummer. Um, because the next night there was a wildfires like 200 miles north. And then in Bryce Canyon, there's just like a smoky smog that had spread across. There's no stars, um, which is a bummer. But I, uh, I wake up at like 4 o'clock, there's some rustling going on, and I had all of my food in my bear can, like a few yards, probably 10, 15, 20 yards or so away from my tent, um, intentionally placed. And uh, I see a black bear just like kicking around my bear can for a while, and uh, I'm just watching him. And like a bear's nose is like, it's like 100 times better than us. Like he knows where I'm at and stuff like that. He never did come over and mess with me. It wasn't a gigantic bear, probably like three, four hundred pound bear, um, black bear. But it was just uh, it was one of those moments where I'm like, this could go any way. Like if if this bear wants to, like we we could have an issue here. Um, I mean, I'm equipped with bear spray and a pocket knife, and like that would make a good story. Like that's what came through my head. And like this could make a really good story, or uh, this could go. Uh, 
make a really bad story. For it can be the last story. <laughs> exactly. Like just the essentials to take on a bear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he did leave eventually. Um, like you're, you mentioned you're exhausted before too. Like yeah. You're, you're like, I'm not going to get up and chase this guy away. You're like, screw it. I mean, I, I have no doubt that if this bear starts causing problems, like adrenaline's going to kick in and like, I like my odds against a bear. I'll be honest against that bear. I like my odds. Uh-huh. Um, but who's, who's to say, I'm glad I didn't have to test those odds. Well, bear spray makes everything a little easier. <laughs> Unless it was, was it not on your person? It was. It was right next to me. Okay. Um, I, I found out later um, that Iron Springs, the backcountry campground, was closed the entire month of June because of bear activity, and I was the first one to make it out there and actually camp. I was talking to an, a ranger. Um, they're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize we opened that up on the way back. When, when I got back, I'm like, you know, this would have been, like, decent for me to know um, also, remember all those spots that you told me there was water? Yeah, there was none. Did you tell him that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what did he say to that? <laughs> like, oh, well, uh, we'll make sure to tell our next hikers. <laughs> Don't just tell them, like, warn them. Like, yeah, like, holy <laughs> crap, someone a little less resilient might be dead <laughs> going down that trail. <laughs> like, especially if it's one hiker every two days. Two oh, yeah. Days. Like, I saw true. one hiker the entire time, which oh, is crazy gosh. because Bryce Canyon, um, I mean, it's a pretty popular national park um and there was a lot of people in the touristy area uh-huh. um which is really nice uh, in the canyon um it gets so quiet you you're just listening to your heartbeat because there's no wind it's stagnant air in the canyon um there's a little bit of wind once you get on wouldn't you get on top of the buttes um but it's just really uh somewhat eerie at times you're walking along sand trails you see tons of geckos and rattlesnakes the rattlesnakes are like buried in the sand that you were like walking through. And then, so then they don't want to be, they don't want to see you. So then they jump out of the way and then they start rattling at you. Like I probably saw like 80 to a hundred rattlesnakes just along the path, which is really interesting. Cause I had never really seen a rattlesnake in person. Um, but now I have. By the dozen, by the score. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was really neat. Um, I would highly recommend um, probably not, Probably not Bryce Canyon in the middle of July, but I would recommend a solo hike. Not only um, the personal experience where you just really get to like delve into your mental state um, where it's just you, God, and the elements. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that. I like that a lot. That's cool. I'm curious about the Rattlers, though. Are they, was any of them close to being like, holy crap, that guy could have gotten my ankle or something? Um, so I wore pants and I wore like good socks and like hiking boots. So I was never concerned. Um, and I never did like get close to touching one because like I'm, I'm clomping through the sand. I've got like a 40 pound backpack. Like they know I'm there. It was four. Was it 47 miles of sand the whole way? No, not the whole way. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> just an extra detail. Uh. Dude, the sand though is no joke. Cause that stuff like. You're, you sink down in the sand like half an inch or whatever, so you're just losing all of that energy. And then, like, you go and you have to push just that much harder. Um, but the sand was really taxing. You'd get, like, a few trees once you get down in the canyon for a little bit. Um, but there were some canyons that it was just it was just cacti. Um, there's, there's one, um, there's a canyon called Agua Canyon. It's a liar. There's no yeah, water. No water whatsoever in that jerks. canyon. <laughs> Who named that? <laughs> I was so upset. I'm like, 
I look at my map and I'm like, all right, two more canyons till I get to Agua Canyon. I just got to <laughs> make it this far. Oh. Right. I'm like stopping every two miles or so just trying to take a rest, stuff like that. Um, I learned your lesson though. Like <laughs> never trust the map or, or like never get your hopes up in that way. Yeah, seriously. And and I get there and I'm just like, it's amazing what like when you lose hope, what that does. And I'm like, I'm in this canyon. There's for sure no water. There's definitely a moment where I'm like, this stinks. Like, there's no way out of here. Um, it's just me and the elements right now. And imagine the was the, the feeling of, like, at that point, how far backwards was it to water? Oh, it was closer to um, closer to finish than it was to end. Like, I was just, I was, like, 21 miles into it, so just over halfway. Was it a loop or a? It was a point-to-point. Okay, so, so at that point, like, you're just hoping that you get to something. Yeah. So it's that's scary. Hey, well, you wouldn't say maybe you say it's scary as you said earlier. It was intimidating like, for sure. You're like, if I turn around, I know I might not make it because you know. Well, you probably could because you can see the end in sight. So you're like, okay, I, I can. I know I've gotten what's in me. But like, the farther you go, that like, if you ever reached a point like at 30 miles where like, if I turn around, I don't know if I can make it. Then you're just kind of like, you. Well, as you said, you understand the consequences yeah. of moving forward, but you understand that if you don't if you don't reach anything in fifteen miles, you could be in trouble. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's certainly true. Um, I I did start like rationing. I had so I had I brought three oranges along, and I was like rationing like little slices of oranges for each mile, just so I'd, I'd get a little bit of moisture out of them. Um, and so I was like definitely being cognizant of like what what the consequences of like running out and stuff like that were and i just like i i felt very confident that there's gonna be water along the way at at least one of the like 19 spots that they said there's water but it was literally only those two springs um which is rough (laughs) 19 down to two no that's terrible (laughs) it was yeah it was it was rough at times um but it was awesome it was such a great experience um, I have never been like more sore in my life. Um, just finishing that, finishing the trail was, um, it was only like two days. It like really wasn't that long, but it was definitely like, it was just the feeling of accomplishment. And, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just fond of that trail for, for what it, for what it was and what it did. Uh-huh. Um, both physically and like mentally for me. And I'm definitely, I'm definitely better for it, for taking it. Um, and just being, just being out there. I think that's really cool. I really like that. On the way back, uh, I flew spirit and, uh, $35 flight. You, uh, you really get the uh, spirit experience. I'll I'll tell you that much. What do you mean? (laughs) So, uh, my flight was delayed two and a half hours. Um, and then we get on the plane. Someone has a seizure. Um, they clear off the plane. Um, person was okay. They ended up flying with us still. Um, and it was just it was just a mess. We've got people who are uh, just irate because the flight is already delayed two and a half hours, and the person has a seizure wants to get on the plane. And also, it's a red eye. So we board the flight at like two in the morning. Um, in Las Vegas, which is like five in the morning in Michigan. And I know that I have work 
at nine in the morning in Michigan, um, which I was 30 minutes late to. Surprisingly, only 30 minutes, but it was uh, just a lot of cranky people. I sat next to someone who uh, probably would have been better if they bought two seats, I'll be honest. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) Like, I don't know. There's there's just a lot of uh, flesh, like, pouring over the... (laughs) (laughs) it was it was rough (laughs) yeah it was uh, it was just me becoming friends with the window because there was no other choice uh there's no other seats either (laughs) no it was a full flight oh john the thing with like airports especially it's only a 35 dollar flight he definitely could have yeah i mean but my goal was just do it as as lean as possible yeah which I did. I like I all of my expenses were like under two hundred dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. That's uh, really good. Like if you want to travel, you can. You just gotta look for it the right way. You gotta know how to look and you gotta be able to uh be okay with not having all the comforts of what you are living in right now. Yeah. And you supplement that with like insane experiences, awesome views, and a greater understanding of the culture that you're moving into temporarily, uh, which is something I'm a hundred percent willing to do, which I like. I like a lot. That's sweet. What What else did you do in? Uh, did you spend any time in in the city of Vegas? Um. So my flight was supposed to leave at uh, like eleven thirty. Um, so I finished my hike um, in Bryce Canyon at about nine. 30 a.m. on uh, Sunday um, because I wanted to hike the last bit, which is straight up the canyon, um, all the way up. And we went, I, I keep saying we, and I made a video and I said we about like 15 times, um, but there's no other person with me. I, it's just a habit of mine. Um, w- so my last day. You almost did it. I know, I know. Nice cat. It's a habit. Um, the last day I went from like 4,000 feet all the way up to 95 or 9750, um, which was pretty treacherous. And so I wanted to do that without the sun beating on me. So, which is why I finished the trail, um, at nine, cause I started at like 430 or something like that. Um, which is only like 730 in Michigan. So it wasn't anything for me. Um, and also the sunrises in Bryce Canyon, amazing, 100%. Like, some of the best sunrises. You get, like, a bright red sun coming up. It's awesome. I, I'm, I'm definitely a sucker for sunrises, too. I've always loved them. Um, but then after I finished the trail, the buses weren't running on Sundays. The buses to take me back to where my car was, oh, like, gosh. 60 miles away. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, so I actually ended up hitchhiking back. I... Uh, I pulled a Jordan on everyone. Um, Colorado reference. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we were in Colorado, there's this guy at the top of Pikes Peak. Um, so, first of all, interesting story because there was, while we were up there, there was an ch- emergency chopper lands and everything. Apparently, someone died. So, yeah, literally, somebody died of asphyxiation or something. We saw it in the news the next day or something like that. We're like, yeah. oh, interesting. So, did somebody, it's not really clear what that means. Did somebody murder him? And then somehow got away, or did he 
the thin air like took he was an older fellow too so the guy who died so if i remember correctly yeah he was like mid 60s so when we're at the top of the mountain we're getting in our car and there's this guy who's like some polish guy who's like he's just wearing slides like he's not equipped for like the cold windy weather and i'm not gonna I'm, his accent i'm gonna butcher it so i'm not even gonna try it but he was like hey i i uh the uber won't come up here they won't pick me up and we're like, oh, like we give you a ride down the mountain or something like that. And so he's this guy. He sh- we get him in the car, and he's showing us um, uh, his Polish music and everything. Yeah, we had a good time. It was really way fun. Down. Uh, but there was this nagging feeling <laughs> that like maybe he was the guy that killed <laughs> the guy <laughs> on the mountain. We're he like, comes out of nowhere and just needs a ride back inconspicuously, <laughs> like randomly. And we're like. like interesting and he won't let us drop him off at his specific location or anything he was very interesting about that also it's the middle of covid um so there's like no public transportation up to where we were at so Uh how he got to where he was is like also a little bit confusing yeah jordan if you're out there (laughs) thanks thanks for the money you gave you forced upon us we like we're like no it's totally fine we're driving it was like literally on our way but he was like no like gave us cash just straight like 60 bucks something we used it on chick-fil-a it was great in a bunch of weed, but yeah, he gave no, he gave us the weed. We didn't spend the cash on the weed, and uh, uh, it's not beyond you, though. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, let's let's not. <laughs> I don't. Jokes. <laughs> yeah. Woohoo! Oh, <laughs> oh wrong one. <laughs> I hate that one. Do it again. Do it again. There's this one dude. Oh. There's a couple of guys in the background who just sound so fake. <laughs> uh, it goes on forever. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, anyway, so that was an interesting, interesting story. So yes, you were hitchhiking. Uh, yeah, I, I hitchhiked. Um, some two dope guys from California. They worked in Silicon Valley. Um, actually got their contact, and I'm gonna be doing some stuff I think with them. What kind of stuff? Um, so they're looking for some, some sort of marketing. Um, oh, is this the guy you found? No, no, it's a different person. Um, I don't know that I'll, I think it's mostly like photography based marketing. Um, so we'll see. I like, I like networking and these guys are cool and pretty young, um, and somewhat successful. So, um, and they're willing to take me like 60 some miles back to my car because that's where they're headed already. But, um. It, it worked out well. I, I only had to wait like 30 minutes to find someone. So you're just walking along and then waiting? I just went to the big like uh, tourist lookout point and was just like catching people as they were leaving. Nice. Asking, hey, can you take me back to Bryce Point? So it, it all worked out. Good deal. That's great. Yeah. Um, and so long story long, I did get back to Vegas probably around, it's like a four-hour drive. Um I got back to Vegas around like one o'clock. I took my time because I went into Red Rocks Canyon, which is right on the other side of the Dixie Forest, um, which is about 40 minutes south of Bryce Canyon. Um, and I was just going to like the touristy lookout locations because like at that point in time, I could barely walk. Like I was doing a pretty solid waddle because like my legs just hurt so bad. Um, so I was just going out there, just like taking in the views because it's awesome. It's, it's still awesome to be out there. Um, and then I eventually made it back to Vegas and I spent some time just sort of like people watching in Vegas. There was uh, the USA basketball was playing. Um, and then we had Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle downtown. And then obviously you have that huge UFC fight. So like 
Las Vegas is buzzing. There's just a lot going on. Um, so I was just sort of people watching the rest of the day until I got bored and eventually went to the airport. Um, so it was a good time. I uh, talked to a bunch of random people. Um, just, uh, I don't know, just had a good little time just watching people and what? just being a part talking of the ambiance of Las Vegas right on the yeah. strip. Talking to people like in bars or just like how, how would you single out a person to talk to? Um, so I was sitting in a, in like a bar area. Um, and so I'd basically random people would like see me and like, I'd talk to them. They'd talk to me. It wasn't like I was like coming up to them like, Hey, you want to talk? You want to talk to me? That's how you usually do it. Yeah, A little bit. I was just, I was just trying to get, yeah. Okay. Thanks for calling me out. But, um, but yeah, no, it was, it was mostly like... I'll give you money if you talk to me. I'll be honest. It was mostly drunk people, which there can be entertaining. It was entertaining. Um, but there there were a few sober people that was uh, still still fun to talk to as well. Having those like short-term <laughs> relationships with people is uh, really something that I do enjoy, actually. Because um, people reveal a lot about themselves. Um, and a lot of people reveal like different sorts of things, different kinds of things about themselves. And I really like looking into that um, and just learning more about how certain people act and like understanding that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no there's no better place than Las Vegas than just to find random people from all walks, all religions, all like mindsets, views, viewpoints, etc. So it was a good time. It was, it was a good time. You got back this Sunday? So two days ago? Uh, well, I, I got back Monday at like 8.30. I landed. So yesterday? Yeah. Holy crap. Wow. That's that's sweet. Yeah. I, I got back Monday. I had uh, I like literally dropped all my bags in my apartment, walked, um, walked right back out to my car, um, and was working all day. I got back to my apartment at like 6. I sat on my bed to do... Uh, to like answer an email on my phone and then I woke up like nine o'clock. <laughs> I don't remember falling asleep, but apparently I did. And then I like had to finish all of my, my day end work stuff and then I just like tried to sleep until the morning. But uh You have a quite a resilient lifestyle. As as far as like I don't know if it's resilient. Okay, yeah, I was just kinda throwing that word in there. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But uh then what would you call it? Um, I don't know. It's a. I definitely live a different lifestyle than most people. Um, I I have found some people that live similar lifestyles to myself, um, but it's not very often. I don't. I don't know how I would characterize it. Um, obsolete. Functional. For me, in, in me only. <laughs> Why is it so bad? Why are you saying it in such a bad term? I don't think it's. I don't. I don't think it's Obs- bad. Obsolete has uh, certain connotations in my head. Uh, obsolete for me is just like different. Are we thinking of the same word? Maybe. Maybe I'm thinking of it wrong. So I think obsolete means let's, let's look like it up real quick. invaluable, like n- unvaluable. <laughs> invaluable means more valuable. Obsolete means like dated, not no longer worth anything. You're uh, you're definitely right. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. 
So I would not characterize <laughs> as obsolete. I was like, geez. <laughs> I would say I'm obsolete. My entire existence. <laughs> no, um, I, I just used the wrong word. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's functional different. for me. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely different. So maybe, yeah, let's, let's look. Um, it's, I would say, if, from an outside perspective, I would say it's uh, outside but kind of inside because I lived with you for a year or so. So you live a very, very focused life. Yeah, I, I definitely like focused, goal driven. I'm yeah. always like I write down my goals. Um, I had a business mentor once tell me like, I want you to take all of your your life and in, in a business sense, not like in a personal sense, but also it can work with a personal sense. And I want you to picture yourself exactly where you are in ten years. Are you happy? And until I can say yes, I want to get to that point. I want to get to that point where I'm like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm exactly where I want to be. And right now, I'm, I'm having a good time living life, working um, a lot of hours because I want to. I'm, I'm doing a lot of things that I want to, um, but I'm, I'm not where I'm not at my end goal. And so I'm working to be there. And, and I don't want to be looking back 10 years from now and say, I'm still not happy or something like that. And, I, and I'm not expecting to be at that point in 10 years or something like that. I just I just don't want complacency in my life. Yeah, when you say um, uh, when you look forward ten years, does the, and then would you? I don't, I'm not quite understanding what would make you happy in that moment to look forward ten years and be like, in ten years, if I'm doing what I'm doing now, that's when I'd be happy. Is that what you mean? No, even if I'm doing what I'm doing now, um, it's more like, have I achieved what I wanted to do? Um, am I in a long-term sense? Yeah. Or am I experiencing the amount of personal growth that I, that I want and I think I can achieve in 10 years or something like that rather than I look back and I'm like, I haven't done anything with this time. I haven't seen any like legitimate long-term growth, stuff like that. And so that's, that's what I'm working for, working towards, um, big picture. And then small picture, I've got a lot of small tangible goals to reach because, um, I think I see goal setting as a three part process um like what you do in the short term results in something that happens in the long term which then is your result your long-term um success or something like that Mm -hmm. i i i completely agree everything i've read and experienced points to that exact thing the momentum of slowly doing things over time that really point toward a direction of a bigger goal that's something I, i really really want to I'm in the stage right now of really trying to find what I actually do want, what actually does drive me. You you seem to have had a, a your sights on that for maybe a little bit longer or just more focused. It's, you've described it as like nurture. It's not really your nature. It's just like you've been taught to really, really work hard at things that you really desire. Yeah, for sure. And, and so that's, that's great. That's like a skill I think I can learn. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I, it is too perfect not to, not to kind of wrap up in this moment. I think, because it, because next week we have a guest that uh, worked for over ten years in an industry that he that really sucked his life away, um, and, and I'm hearing his story will be really interesting. I'm really excited to hear like his perspective on what he did that was like uh, a life that he really regrets in his working life. So. So it's it's perfect that you said that like you look forward ten years because I was like holy crap the next person we're having on is like telling that a story about how he did that and it was kind of a warning to people not to do it the same way he did so 
Um, that's great. So it, yeah, this is a little bit perfect. I'm really excited to hear his story because I want to learn from it. And uh, so he's a dear friend of mine. We'll get him on next week. Um, until then, uh, thank you for tuning in, John. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll get you. We'll get you next week. And uh, let us know in the comments what you think, what you want. Uh, want to hear from us yeah if you want to hear us you want to hear a specific story a specific topic we'll find someone (laughs) we'll find people to fit that narrative absolutely uh and on top of that um i'll keep you updated on my leg that would be great this sucks and i know you really (laughs) care about me a lot so every listener out there does i was talking about you really but but if everyone else does too that's great but i I was you john yeah um and i care definitely a lot